there's only one solution. That rocket was refueled in space, provided with at least another 12 fuel rods. Well, it's an interesting theory. Oh, it isn't a theory. You can't disprove the facts. It's pure logic. Logic, my dear Zoe, merely enables one to be wrong with authority. And thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Caleb. And I'm Mac. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who beginner and a Doctor Who veteran go through each episode of Doctor Who and give their thoughts on it. And today we are talking about the wheel in space. Is that right? That's correct. I did it. <laughs> uh, the wheel in space was written by David Whitaker, was directed by Tristan Devere Cole, and produced by Peter Bryant. And it aired April 27th, 1968 to June 1st, 1968. So, Caleb, surely by now you recognize the name David Whitaker. Yes. Do I know why? No. <laughs> well, he's got quite the rap sheet here. <clears throat> Edge of Destruction, Rescue, Crusade, Power of the Daleks, Evil of the Daleks, and Enemy of the World. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> so, like, when he's writing for the first Doctor, kind of shit. Writing for the second Doctor, banger after banger. So, <laughs> so you know. I don't want to say that I have really high hopes for this episode, but I have really high hopes for this episode. I would not describe Evil of the Daleks as a banger. Enemy of the world, yes. Enemy of the world and power of the Daleks, absolutely bangers. Mm-hmm. I think Evil of the Daleks was very good. I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, oh man, I'm that might be a master uh, the Daleks master plan scenario, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Ah, man, I cannot wait to see our top and bottom five for this one. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. That's for sure. But. uh... Yeah, we said goodbye to Victoria last episode, so she will definitely be missed in this one. Um, So, Caleb, how would you like to go about this one? Because Wheel in Space, for some stupid-ass reason, is available on BritBox, but only, like, two or three of the episodes are actually, like, intact. The rest are telesnaps. I don't know why that specific one is available on BritBox, but whatever, doesn't matter whatever i'm not bitter however if we were to purchase the next and last collection we would be able to listen to the ones we're missing with the narration Mm. how do you want to proceed i'm going to put it i'm going to put the ball in your court i will also say that i'm poor as fuck right now i wouldn't be able to pay you back for the (laughs) <laughs> for the audio collection until Friday. Christmas is coming up, and I'm also kind of broke as fuck right now. Let's just do the telesnaps. <laughs> okay, I'm down. This is the only story in which we're going to have to put up with the telesnaps, so I think I think we could just muscle through it. We've been through worse. We've been through uh, the Daleks' master plan. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have been through the Daleks' master plan. I can do fucking anything at this point. <laughs> but, Caleb, given... Everything you know about Doctor Who, and given the title of this episode, The Wheel in Space, what do you think this episode's going to be about? Oh, man, I feel like there's going to be a big wheel in space. You don't say. 
I know. Shocking. You said in the last episode that this one proves you to be a liar, and mm-hmm. I'm just trying to rack my brain on what you lied about. <laughs> uh, it could be, frankly, anything at this point. Very true. I'm going to say that I think you're lying about the Daleks being gone for a long time. I think David Whitaker has three, maybe four scripts in him, and <laughs> three-fourths of them are Daleks episodes. <laughs> So the Daleks are building a, a super space car and they uh, the last component they're getting is the big wheel in space. Uh, and now they just need an ignition to start their car. And wouldn't you know it, the TARDIS is that ignition. Okay. Okay. Solid guess. And also this one takes place in the 19, early 1970s and inspires the Journey song Wheel in the Sky. <laughs> I do love that song. I will say, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to confirm nor deny any of your prediction. But I will say, you've skirted close to what I was lying about. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh! I'm getting better. <laughs> but also, like that's like the third or fourth time, like in a row, you've done predictions of like you're not right. But you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Or like you're not right yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or like you somehow make a perfectly accurate prediction of a story that will happen later, but not this one <laughs> we're talking about right now. <laughs> Those are my favorite predictions. <laughs> but with that, I suppose we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. <laughs> And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was four days for us. Feels longer. And join us next time on a quick trip through space <laughs> and time, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, man. Yeah, this one, this one was, I mean, good news, bad news, bad news. I have found my new least favorite second Doctor episode. Good news is... We did not have to wait long for Fury from the Deep to be pushed out of my bottom five, so... Silver lining! Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this episode is not good in all the wrong ways. I couldn't... I'm not sure if it's the wrong ways or the right ways, but it's not good. It's not good. And not even in, like, the underwater de- uh, the underwater menace sense where, like, it's so bad, it's kind of awesome. yeah. The underwater menace to me is kind of the um, the gatekeeper between the good and the bad because underwater menace is technically like not good, but it was still enjoyable to watch. So it was kind of like the benchmark of mm-hmm. that's what you have to pass by in order to be considered good. And this one falls on its face like right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, no, this one did not. Okay, I mean final thoughts spoiler ahead i guess but okay so i said that this one was written by david whittaker and i think technically that was true but when we start it uh it says written by david whittaker a story by kit peddler and kit peddler if you'll remember is the one who wrote 10th planet and 
the moon base and Tomb of Cybermen. And it's just it's it's that again. It's literally 10th planet and moon base again. And it was so very frustrating. Yeah, but imagine imagine it was 10th planet again, but all of the excitement was taken out. Yes. Because this episode is boring. Holy shit. This episode was so boring, and I just felt like I wouldn't need... I, I think it was around, like, episode three or four or somewhere around there. I was like, I feel like I could just not watch the rest of it, and I would I would still be able to do this episode. Because I, mm. I, know, I know what's going to happen. Also, coincidentally, you could watch the first half and not watch the second half and be able to do this podcast pretty confidently. You could also not watch the first four episodes and watch the last two, and also do the do the recap pretty confidently. Basically, the trivia that I'm going to go ahead and say right now is uh, this episode is the introduction of Wendy Padbury as Zoe Harriet, who is the new companion, and that's the only thing that's yep. of note. And I'm not sure how you feel about her so far, but I have I have less hope about zoe being a good companion than i did about victoria oh wow i don't particularly care for her so far she did not have a strong she did not endear herself to me in this in this episode i think well i mean we're getting ahead of ourselves but i think what i would appreciate about zoe or what i do appreciate about zoe is that it is different this is the first companion of the second doctor that is not from the 1960s or earlier this is true yeah so it's nice to have a science fiction companion finally. Yeah. I don't like Zoe. I like the relationship between Jamie and Zoe. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm standing right now. Yeah, because she, well, I do like Zoe, their interactions, because Zoe's very condescending to Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just call, straight up calls him a fucking idiot <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. And meanwhile, Jamie is just like, so you're just like... You have no thoughts of your own, huh? You got nothing going for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. The most interesting thing about the episode, and that's uh, not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one more note before we get in. This is also the first time that uh, the Doctor uses the alias John Smith. Uh, John Smith will be his de facto name that he gives if... He's pushed into a corner and is forced to give an actual person name. John Smith is what he goes with. I, I knew that John Smith was his uh, was his alias, but I never really considered like when he came up with it. And the scene where <laughs> the scene where that alias is given is genuinely kind of funny, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Shall we go ahead and dive in? Yeah, I can't imagine this, is, this. I can't imagine this is going to last very long. <laughs> I, I can't either. You could tell it was a bad episode or like there was just wasn't a lot to say because the TARDIS wiki was fucking huge on it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> just li literally one of those like blow by blow descriptions. So I started reading. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, it was as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's do it. Episode one. Jamie and the doctor are still bummed about Victoria leaving. The TARDIS scanner shows images of beautiful scenery, but none of it makes sense. The doctor says the TARDIS is trying to warn them of something. Then something overheats in the control room, and the TARDIS fills with mercury vapor. When they exit, the pair are inside a spaceship, but they cannot find the crew. The only thing on the ship is a weird robot. The doctor is knocked out at one point. 
A crew on a nearby station sees the ship and they debate destroying it as it might pose a threat. They decide to blast it out of space with an x-ray gun. Opening credits started and is said written by David Whitaker and I said, from a story by Kit Peddler. Oh God, no! I'm personally not as like offended by the formulaic Cyberman plots until this episode. I was like, eh, yeah, they're all kind of the same, but uh, okay, that's fine. But it was on this episode where I was like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's really the same thing every time, and this is the worst version of it. Yeah, it really is. I, I remember it started, and I was like, okay, is this going to be Moonbase Kit Peddler or Tomb of the Cybermen Kit Peddler? Where, like, it's kind of basically the same, but still entertaining, like Tomb was. Or if it's just a paint-by-numbers, like Moonbase was. And it was somehow worse than Moonbase. It was worse than Moonbase, somehow. I would say here's the big criticism of this episode. It is just slow and not in like the old slow burn sense of it's like, you know, they're just taking their time getting places. They literally do nothing for like four episodes. The doctor is straight up unconscious for two of them. Yeah, it is worth noting that um, we are watching the version that was on Birdbox, which was the uh, four of the six episodes were telesnaps. So maybe that's one of the reasons why the slowness was kind of turned up a little bit. Luckily, the telesnaps did include, like, subtitles saying what was happening on screen so that you knew what was happening. But yeah, there was a long stretch of stuff where it just, like, I'm just watching an image. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, the, t- the telesnap format wasn't great. Like, an area would have helped, but I don't think it would have helped that much because everything about this episode feels low energy. Because mm-hmm. even, surprise, Cybermen show up and they start killing people at one point. Even all of that does not sound like the audio drama fights. Because, you know, like, the audio drama fights, like, it just sounded, like, loud and cacophonous. So, like, it's so loud, I can't tell what's going on. Whereas, like, all the fights in this one were, like, eh, eh. And then, like, like, it just sounded very slow. <laughs> yeah. There was one... I was about to say super intense, but I think stupidly intense is better better way of putting it. There's one stupidly intense fight between one dude and a bunch of Cybermats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I was like, what the actual fuck am I watching right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was in the one, it was one, one of the episodes when we actually could, it actually had video. And I was just like, the fuck is this scene? This is so dumb. <laughs> all the stuff with the cybermats are dumb i'm uh, i don't think the cybermats are cute or entertaining i'm mad that they exist <laughs> i hate them <laughs> i think the cybermats are cute but for whatever reason the show keeps trying to make them intimidating and it doesn't work at all yeah. um there is one fight later on uh don't, i don't think it's necessarily like a great fight or Anything like that, but it's a uh, Flanagan. He's the Irish engineer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he just has like a banger of a sexist line. Yeah, uh, he's fighting the Cyberman. He's like, oh, it's like you guys should have gone to the man school and to be a man. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah, the the Irish blood in me did appreciate watching the Irishman just beat the shit out of some dudes. <laughs> And it's genuinely the only moment of the episode I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> We've started this. We were starting our deep dive and we're already just like talking about stuff that's happening way further down. Because it's like, we can't, what the fuck is there to say? 
Okay, this episode we're on is literally just Jamie and the Doctor walking around the shop oh my being God. like, where's everyone at? It, it so is. One thing that I thought was funny was as they were dematerializing away from Victoria, the, doctors, the Doctor asked Jamie, okay, well, where would you like to go? And Jamie's like, oh, I don't care. And he, and he walks away. And I'm like, as if the Doctor has any say in where they can go. Yeah. <laughs> There's also the return of the fault locator. I was like, I thought the writers had completely forgotten that existed. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think no, it's been not. references as Edge of Destruction, right? I think so. I feel like there may have been some sort of scene with Vicky that might have had it, but I don't remember. I feel like there's probably a lot of like doodads and random TARDIS stuff that is just forgotten by the writers for several seasons until <laughs> someone's like, hey, you remember that one thing we wrote about? That, that will actually be brought up uh, here later in this episode. They, they land, and the TARDIS is like, showing them a whole bunch of different places on screen of like nicer holiday kind of places where, and the doctor theorizes that the doctor, that the TARDIS is trying to tempt them away, that whatever is outside is extremely dangerous and they should go somewhere else. Why did the TARDIS try to keep them from landing there though? Cause like, Otherworldly godlike beings like the Great Intelligence, that's fine. Cybermen, whom the Doctor has defeated several times by now, that's too big of a threat. What exactly is the reason why the TARDIS is like, hey, this time, let's go somewhere else? Yeah, that, that's true. Especially considering, like, I mean, I don't know. I think the threat they faced in the last episode is more threatening than the Cybermen in this episode or yeah. any episode with the Cybermen. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so I was going to say, this episode made me... Uh, appreciate fury of the deep so much more god damn <laughs> yeah i'm sure was it perfect no but there was always a sense of forward momentum shit just kept happening yeah but then the tardis they have to they have to uh leave the tardis because there was difficulty with the mercury fluid link and this time that wasn't caused by the doctor's self-sabotage on scaro <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. They're bringing back a whole bunch of references to old TARDIS stuff. Like, oh yeah, the Mercury Fluid Link. We haven't had to deal with that since episode two. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to say something that's going to shock you, I think. <gasps> I think I miss William Hartnell's, like, I don't give a fuck what you think. We're going to do this because I want to thing. <laughs> I, ca- I kind of miss his sabotaging antics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, how times have changed. <laughs> I know, right? What a different opinion, but I think I think looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish the doctor was like, oh, you guys want to leave? Oh, no, look at this thing that just broke. <laughs> Guess we better go out there. And speaking of uh, throwbacks to previous TARDIS stuff, uh, they they get on this ship that's been completely abandoned. And um, the doctor goes over to like this meal creation thing and like these tiny little meal squares pop out of like that are like different flavors and stuff because because jamie asks for roast beef and and then the doctor brings out these tablets these squares and the jamie's like suddenly put off he's like oh no that i don't want that i want real food and i'm like but i mean i'm flashing back to the the daleks again where the doctor made ian and barbara these little squares like one bite is egg and one bite is bacon so what has Jamie been eating this whole time, if not yeah, those? <laughs> Jamie, where the fuck have you been? Can you keep up, please? 
Yeah, and then my next note is, who boy, this episode is slow and uneventful. And then my last uh, my last note is, oh no, not an X-ray laser. <laughs> That's definitely a thing that can do something. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no other notes. I ran out of notes ten minutes ago. So. Yeah. Um. It, it is them walking around the ship, and then I don't remember if the doctor falls over from like the mercury vapor or no. Um, well, they're not shot at. They're not shot at yet. Does the robot knock him over or something? There's like a robot that like opens doors for them, and then suddenly starts plotting against them. I feel like there was like something that like rocked the ship, and like J- Jamie like held held on, but the doctor like lost his balance and like Ugh! like knocked his head. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's what happened. But I don't remember what rattled the ship. Maybe it was the because like they're in like the middle of like a meteor field too. That's so. true. There are meteorites around because they hadn't fired the X-ray cannon yet. So yeah. So yeah, that that's all I've got. Yeah, that's all right I got. episode two. Yep. Me. Let's go. Let's get. Let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> episode two. The wheel's leader Jarvis is a little unhinged about blowing the ship up. Jimmy uses the time vector generator to send a message to the wheel space station, and they send a crew to investigate it. The doctor awakens on the wheel and learns that the crew helped him and Jamie off the rocket. Jamie lies about how they got onto the ship. Jamie is sent to meet Zoe, who is obviously in no way, shape, or form a future companion. <laughs> She's super smart and makes fun of Jamie. Meanwhile, the crew are growing suspicious of the doctor, Jamie, and their story. Orbs have been secretly infiltrating the ship, and at last, a Cyberman bursts through one of them. Yeah, I don't like Jarvis. Yeah, I don't like Jarvis. He is, like, unhinged about blowing up the ship. Yeah, uh, he he ca- he says that the—because the reason that they are that they want to blow up the ship is because it's clearly faulty. It shouldn't be out here this, this, fa- this deep into space. It's supposed to be all the way over there. And if it is faulty, that means, like, the engines could, like, ignite and shoot off and, like, the— sh- the rocket could pff, go through the wheel. Like, that's why they want to destroy the rocket as fast as they can to make sure that it doesn't damage the wheel. But he is just, like... At one point, he calls the ship a menace. And I'm just I'm just like, that ship is a menace. Now get me some more pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jarvis starts at a 10 and, like, slowly works his way down to, like, a 4 throughout the... Throughout the arc of this story. He's got nowhere to go. He he starts out just like so intense and just... And then what's he going to do? Be more... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very obnoxious right off the get-go. And then, yeah, and then half of this episode is just the crew debating whether or not they're going to blow up the ship. And yeah. And they decide not to. And then they go get Jamie. I do like how um, Gemma asks for Jamie's name. And he's like... Uh, James something McCrimmon. I forget what his middle name is. He says, James McCrimmon. He says, okay, and what's your friend's name? And he's, he says, oh, that's the doctor. And he's like, right. And she's like, right. Doctor, doctor what? What's his name? And James is like, uh, and he like, <laughs> he looks over at this medical equipment and it's like, it's like the John Smith x-ray machine or something like that. And he's like, uh, John Smith. Yeah, Dr. John Smith. And it just it just reminds me of that scene from that really early episode of Family Guy where yeah. Peter is like and uh Peter's like, "Uh, my name, my name is uh sees a, a little pea on a on a plate. P sees a woman crying. 
tear, and then a griffin flies by. Griffin. Peter Griffin. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, basically. Also, just so you guys know, not knowing the doctor's name is emphasized at least on two separate occasions in this story. Yeah. They're like, what's the doctor's name? Oh. And Jamie's like, who cares? He's the doctor. He's like, I mean, he has a time machine that's bigger on the inside. His name isn't really the biggest mystery here. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie is sent to meet Zoe. Mm-hmm. And Zoe immediately starts ripping him about the kill. Yeah. She's like, look at you in your little skirt. <laughs> it's like, excuse you, this is a manly piece of attire. <laughs> and then at one point, they're talking with some people and Zoe gives the exact calculation of how far Venus would be from their exact location in space. And my note is, Zoe describes exactly how far Venus was and I could feel Caleb already hating her. <laughs> yeah and there's just something about that moment where i was like mm, caleb hates that <laughs> <laughs> you're a little know-it-all aren't you <laughs> nerd fucking nerd i do like how jamie is finding out that uh they're going to blow up the rocket and he and he knows they can't blow up the rocket that's where the tardis is they might destroy the tardis so his first instinct is not to be okay guys i'm gonna level with you our ship is docked in that rocket Please don't destroy it. We have to do something to get that off, and then you can destroy the rocket. No, 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 no. His first instinct is to go into the power room and just spray a shit ton of acid on the on the <laughs> on the battery. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he goes and he sabotages the laser, and then gets like really mad when they call him a saboteur. Yeah. It's like I didn't sabotage anything. It's like, but Jamie, you did. I did sabotage. I was I wasn't trying to mess with the wheel, but you destroyed our cannon. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) and then my last note is okay. Fine. Zoe's hair makes her head look like a penis. There, I said it. (laughs) There. (laughs) It's out there. The joke's over. Joke's over. Her hair looks like a penis. We can move on. Just I'm just addressing that elephant in the room that I know we were all thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's bargain bin Vicky. Yeah, like maybe she'll get better, but uh, most everyone has a bad first episode. So except for Ben and Polly, except for Ben, Ben and Polly's episode might have been the the height of them. Yeah, if I remember correctly, for our goodbye, my dear, for Ben and Polly, we both picked our favorite moments for both characters being from the War Machines. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I think that pretty much sums it up. Uh, but yeah, most of the companions have bad opening episodes, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking Vicky had the rescue. Oh, Stevens was a good episode. Stevens he didn't really was, do anything. Yeah, Stevens was good. He, he was in the chase. He did have a bear that was never referenced again. Yeah. I still miss Hi-Fi. Oh, Hi-Fi. I don't know. Would you consider Dodo's first episode being The Massacre or The Ark? Because technically her first appearance is in The Massacre, but like for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> she just walks into the TARDIS. Jamie's was lame. Victoria didn't have a great start, but yeah. You can tell how exciting this episode is when we're recounting all the first episodes with the companions. <sighs> yeah, remember the good times when we weren't watching this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's get back to those times. This podcast is just us rewatching everything up to this episode <laughs> and again, just, and just again, again and again. Just starting over. 
Anyway, I'm ready for episode three if you are. <laughs> yeah, I think the only two notes I have on this episode are, whoa, who's this Zoe girl? Not a companion. <laughs> She's so flagrant. Like, I almost miss Evil of the Dogs because there was almost a mystery of who's the companion. Gonna nah, be? it's going gonna to be Jarvis. It's definitely going to be Jarvis. He's going to be the next companion. I wish it was the blonde chick that, whose name I didn't write down at any point in this <laughs> summary. Uh, Gemma or the person on the... On the uh bridge you know the other person the person who doesn't actually do anything she's just there and then falls in love with the guy at the end for some reason yeah yeah for some reason yeah that chick yeah um and then the other thing i have was oh my god it's the cyberman which like in case you're wondering that's what i was lying about because at one point i said all cyberman episodes are going to be blank of the cyberman and then this episode made me a fucking liar and i was like uh never mind i guess i guess i was talking out of my ass Okay, from here, it's <laughs> nothing but blank of Cyberman. I was trying to think, it's like, what did Mac lie about? And he's like, was it the fact that he said I was going to watch this episode? Because that was pretty close to being a lie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read episode four now. Episode three. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, I want, to, I want to fast forward this process as much as you do, Caleb, but we got to do what we got to do, okay? We have a system here. <laughs> oh my god all right episode three jesus fuck jamie sabotages the x-ray laser before the wheel can blow it up the cybermen take an excruciating amount of time explaining their plan to themselves bill a crew member sent to repair the x-ray laser spots a cybermat and decides the best thing to do is keep it like a pet you know like an idiot the cybermat hijacks the ship's controls one of the ship members finds a group of the electrobugs and is killed by them but not before trapping one in a plastic spray when the doctor sees what is inside the plastic cocoon, he realizes the Cybermen are involved. Two more crew members are sent to the rocket where they are attacked by Cybermen. I love how how the Cybermats are just so non-threatening. The technician is like, aw, what a cute little guy. I'm going to put you in this closet. <laughs> just, he just picks him up and puts him in the closet and closes <laughs> the door. <laughs> hey, cute little thing. That is definitely not part of this spaceship and something I've never seen before. You're kind of cute. Let me keep you around. And then later... The doctor was, I forget what the doctor was explaining, but Zoe at some point calls him out and says that uh, that what he's saying is just not logical. And uh, the doctor says, logic, my dear Zoe, merely enables one to be wrong with authority. I was like, I do like that line, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> I remember that line and forgot it was in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what they were talking about. It doesn't really matter. But also... A new square on the Kit Peddler bingo card has been added. The logicians have been brought back because Zoe says that she was trained by the logicians back on Earth. Oh, yeah. Which was the whole thing with uh, Klieg and Tomb of the Cybermen. So check that one on your your box if you got it. Just (laughs) layering that doctor, that deep, deep Doctor Who lore. (laughs) Uh, My next note is, oh, fuck the halfway point. Um, The the note after that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Then we get to this scene where I have no idea what this dude was doing. What are you talking about the guy killed by the Cybermats? Yes. I. What the fuck was this acting? It's like he was he was he saw the Cybermat was absolutely freaked the fuck out by it, and then he saw another one and he was like, ah, ah, and he like crouched down in like some sort of like fighting position, but it looked more like he was squatting to take a shit, and he was just and he was just like. Like ready to pounce on a, at a moment's notice, and then he saw that he was surrounded, and he was, and he just had this look on his face of just like, ah, ah, and I was like, dude, 
their like metal mice just fucking go out the door or kick them or something. Holy shit. <laughs> Not what I said, but then it's revealed that the Cybermats have laser eye beams or they can electrify metal or something because he like picks up a wrench to use as a weapon and then it like zooms into the Cybermats and like their eyes glow a little bit and then like the the screen like flashes a little bit with the guy and he's like Aah! and he like drops the wrench i'm like i don't know what just happened there but okay it must have been bad yeah and I was just like, the complete and total re- opposite reaction to bill yeah <laughs> i'm convinced that the cyber mats are just like wasps and like they detect fear so if you're just chill around them they won't bother you yeah well apparently they detect human brain waves so i guess that is technically true <laughs> <laughs> see cybermats are all vibes <laughs> we're past at this point in the episode but we get we gotta talk about the cybermen literally explain their own fucking plot to themselves <laughs> yeah i heard i heard writing advice once that was like if you've written down the sentence as you know stop and go back and redo it and try again show your uh your exposition in a more cohesive way rather than characters explaining things that they already know to other characters that they that already know this information mm-hmm. and that's basically what the cybermen do yeah they get out of their little cocoon things and they pull out this like walkie-talkie and it's like we have completed phase one and they're like great as you know phase one was getting on the ship <laughs> now we will com- com- now we'll complete phase two which as you know involves taking control of the ship yeah beat by beat it is the most it's the most excruciating thing i've watched in the second doctor i think yeah horrible and this is when i really wish brit box would let me watch stuff faster yeah no shit this episode really could have benefited from a time and a half listen <laughs> no fucking kidding and then i make the note of jarvis's acting is also really fucking weird and intense it's it's like the actor was like if i just if i just push harder it'll be able to convey those emotions more intensely i'm like no it's not it's not how it works (laughs) it's bad it's bad everything in this episode is bad the cybermen are stupid they don't even have the cool voice anymore they changed the voice i know Uh, jesus christ it's the lamest the cybermen have ever been and then the doctor realizes that it's the cybermen who are behind this and my note is, I am putting money down that the doctor suggests that the Cybermen are responsible next episode. And Jarvis says that the Cybermen were destroyed over a hundred years ago or some shit because Kit Peddler has one script that he's somehow managed to fool the producers into making over and over again. Cash money. <laughs> Which isn't technically what happens, but like it's, it's, adja- it's adjacent. It's very close to what happens. Yes. And that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Can I read episode four now? Please do. <sighs> the doctor tries to tell Jarvis about the Cybermen, but that's ridiculous because the Cybermen were wiped out a long time ago. <laughs> the Cybermen might control the two crew members on the ship and have them return to the wheel. They stow the Cybermen in a crate. Zoe is done doing some math to calculate meteor trajectory or something, and she scolds Jamie for ruining her mixtape. Gemma, Jarvis's second in command, takes the doctor's side and they both try to convince Jarvis of the danger. The Cybermen start slowly picking off the crew and taking control of their minds or killing them. Gemma tells the doctor about the Solansky circuit, which helps identify if someone is mind controlled. 
One of the crew members kills themselves, and the Doctor takes control, saying the Cybermen are definitely on board. The Doctor and Jamie head to the airlock, where a Cyberman is waiting for them. Like I have notes. I have a couple of notes. But now that I'm really listening to your recap, I'm like, did anything happen? The no. Cybermen came over to the wheel. That's it. Did literally anything else happen? No, you do see you see them take control of like more crew members, but that that's it. Who cares? That's it. That's all that happens this whole fucking episode. And then Zoe like yells at Jamie for like talking while she's recording something. Yeah. The plot twist is that Jarvis doesn't claim that the Cybermen were destroyed hundreds of years ago. The j- plot twist is that Jarvis claims the Cybermen are made up. Oh. <laughs> which is just as stupid. At least it's a different stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like so resistant to the idea that the Cybermen have come on board. He's like, nothing gets inside this wheel. And I wish I was there in the room because I would just like look around and then indicate to Doctor and Jamie, ta-da, <laughs> here's two. <laughs> and who are these fuckers? Yeah, this episode is horrible. I want to say it's the worst episode of them, but you know, like it's a pretty close tie between all of them. It's difficult to tell. Yeah, just not good. We, we, we are four episodes in at this point, and the plot hasn't even really started. Yeah. And then I just have the, the, the riff of, it's absolutely impossible for the Cybermen to come in here. There's no way that they can... What's that? A huge box big enough to fit two people is being brought in? Wonderful, come on in! Now, where was I? Oh, right! It's impossible for the Cybermen to get in here, not without my noticing! <sighs> it's so stupid. It's also worth noting that this is the third time that we've had to deal with a manager of a base that the Travelers have found themselves at that I want to die. And luckily, unlike the last two, spoiler alert, this one actually fucking dies. <laughs> so... Boy, they take the time on it. Yeah. It's really weird how they kill him off, too. It's almost like they they were writing out the script and they're like, wait, what do we do with Jarvis? Oh, wait, is Jarvis still there? Oh, yeah. Um, Let's have him go out into the hallway and then get choked by a Cyberman. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That works. That way we don't have to deal with him anymore. Like, <laughs> that's what it yeah. feels like. <laughs> Yep, and like, is it in the next episode or the last episode where he's killed? Because I thought there was like a whole episode without Jarvis. Because I remember listening to him and like, wait, where's that leader guy? Yeah, because Jarvis, I'm not sure if it's in this episode or next episode, but at this point, Jarvis has just had like a breakdown of like, he's so refusing. He's refusing the idea of anything being wrong. And they had that in Fury of the Deep, but Fury of the Deep made it interesting in that like, the people below him respected him enough that they were like my hands are tied the person in charge is like is not letting us do what we know we need to do whereas here he insists that nothing is wrong everything is going exactly as according to plan and the cybermen do not exist and meanwhile the crew is like all right well you're clearly an idiot so we're going to do what we're going to do so he just kind of like sits in a corner just mumbling to himself that everything's fine and You are correct, Caleb. He was just, like, not doing anything in all of episode five. And then in episode six that we actually got to see, like, video of, Jarvis was just, like, sitting in a chair looking at the floor while on the bridge and everybody was, like, moving and talking and doing stuff around him. I was like, has he been here the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because 
I thought it was weird too, because like I thought I thought he got brainwashed by the Cybermen at one point because ooh, jumping ahead here, he's there kind of like watching everyone do stuff, and then he just gets up and walks out. I was like, okay, so he's like brainwashed by the Cybermen, right? And he's like, no, he just went out to fight them, and then gets killed by them. Yeah, I sincerely think that the writer <laughs> forgot that Jarvis was there, and he's like, oh yeah. Uh, let's just kill him off real quick. The shot of him, like, waiting on the bridge is candid footage of them filming him, and the actor's just like, why the fuck am I here right now? <laughs> uh, several times by now, people have, uh, accused Zoe of being emotionless and just, like, a computer, be more computer than human, and it clearly kind of, like, bothered her, and she, she wants to feel things rather than just being a human-sized calculator. And I was like, that's probably foreshadowing to how she joins the TARDIS crew, which I guess it kind of is. Zoe's recruitment is weird, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. And then the doctor and I think his name is like Leon. He's a member of the, the bridge crew. Uh, they're talking. And then the woman that you said is hot comes up and uh, asks if there's anything she can do. And then I think the doctor asks if he can make her some if she could make him some coffee. And I was like, there's another fucking mark on the kit peddler bingo card. (laughs) Woman makes the doctor some coffee. (laughs) Blonde woman makes the doctor some coffee. (laughs) Yeah, let's get as specific as we can just to show how repetitive it is. And then I was so desperate for notes, I wrote down this exchange. Because Jamie and the doctor are going to go, like, confront the Cybermen. And Jamie says, what are we going to do? And the doctor says, we're going hunting, Jamie. And Jamie says, are you sure you know who's going to be hunted? Doctor says, a very good question. Now, come on. <laughs> I was like, that's a good exchange. Also, I'm really, really, really tapped for notes. So I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <sighs> I don't like this episode, Mac. Neither do I. <laughs> that's, uh, do you have anyone else from episode four? Or can I read episode five? <laughs> I think we just talked about episode four, Gillib. That's what I'm saying. Can I read episode five? Or do you have any more notes about episode four? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I heard you say, can we skip episode four and just go straight to episode five? That's what I heard. Oh, that's man. what I heard you say. And I was like, "No, Caleb, I know, I know, we're having difficulty getting through this, but we did just, we did just cover episode four. <laughs> Don't make me do episode four again." <laughs> oh, all right, episode five. Jamie and the Doctor hide before the Cyberman sees them. The Cyberman contacts the controller, who once again explains the plot. The meteors are coming dangerously close to the station and need to be dealt with. The Cybermen don't appear to want to blow up the rocket or the wheel. They likely want to use it to get back to Earth. Flanagan, the best bit character of the show, fights the Cybermen. Gemma helps Jamie and Zoe get into the spacesuits so they can return to the rocket. They need the TARDIS doodad for something. Gemma hides behind some crates and learns the Cyberman plan- Cybermen plan to poison the air. She warns the crew before being killed by the Cybermen. There's a moment near the beginning that felt like the Doctor just being like, just a little bit, just a little bit needlessly mean towards Jamie, uh, because... The doctor says, what's well, the one thing that the Cybermen, uh, that humans need, but the Cybermen don't? And Jamie says, food. And then the doctor says, Jamie, always thinking with his stomach. No, it's air, Jamie. It's air. And I'm like, okay, but he is right, though. Give him some partial credit. The Cybermen don't eat. Like, give him something. <laughs> That's a B minus answer. It may not have been what you were looking for, but it was correct. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, all right, fuck you, doctor. Then I make the note of Zoe having an existential crisis. I don't remember what that existential crisis was, but I think it's basically like, who am I? Am I even human kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's what you brought before. Like, you know, I don't remember who said to her, but 
someone said to her earlier in an episode that she thinks like a computer. And then in this episode, Jamie says it. He's like, boy, you just think you just think like a robot, don't you? And she's like, that's the second time someone said that to me today. Yeah. It's kind of makes sense why she then volunteers to go out to space with Jamie just to prove that she's more than just calculator. I'm not just logical. I can make stupid decisions. <laughs> And then I say, I do appreciate the Irishman beating the shit out of the two controlled crew members. That was satisfying for me. <laughs> and again, he just has this banger line about going to manly school. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly haven't gotten your brains knocked out in a couple of pubs more than you should have been. <laughs> Genuinely made me laugh. Actually, the only good moment of this whole story. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. And then I actually kind of liked Gemma. I thought she was a very rational go-getting person so i was kind of disappointed that she died yeah but she did go out like an absolute champion though because she needed to warn the bridge so she pulled up the the video uh she, she pulled up the skype and she was like giving them the warning about the details and then she saw the cybermen coming up behind her to kill her and she just like then turned back to the camera and continued to give them the warning and just like continued to do that Right up until the moment the Cyberman was on her and killed her. I was like, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty badass. Could give you chops to that one. Gemma, you will be remembered for the rest of this episode. For the rest of this episode, I will not remember you after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and repress this episode as much as humanly possible. It's, it's not your fault, Gemma. It's the story you wrote in on. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, that, that, that's all I got. Not 90% of the plot of this entire story happens in the next episode. Yeah, pretty much. Because I watched the next episode, I was like, well, now nah, 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 that wasn't bad. Yeah, much to this to the episode's detriment, the next episode is where everything happens. So I, get, I guess I'll get into it. Yeah, let's go. Episode 6. Jamie and Zoe are drifting through space, but the wheel has to destroy the meteors now. With the newly fixed x-ray gun, they blast the meteors, but only narrowly avoid Zoe and Jamie. Aboard the ship, Jamie and Zoe learn that the Cybermen plan on luring the Doctor away and disposing of him. With the timey-wimey stuff in hand, they go back to warn the Doctor. The Doctor is all too eager to be lured away, suspecting a trap. Jarvis and another crew member are killed, and the Doctor heads off to create a trap of his own. When he is attacked by the Cybermen, one of them is killed by a force field the Doctor has built around himself. Flanagan helps Jamie, Zoe, and the Doctor. More Cybermen are appearing, and Flanagan blasts them out into space just as Leo, another crew member, blows up their ship. Afterwards, Zoe seems upset that the Doctor and Jamie are leaving, and stows away on the TARDIS. The Doctor agrees to let her come, but only after they watch reruns of their adventures. And a thing of note at the very top of this episode is that the meteors are coming, and there's the chance that by blasting the meteors, they will kill Jamie and Zoe. And the Doctor is in favor of of shooting the meteors despite the fact that his let's face it i would call him his best friend at this point Mm -hmm. despite the fact that his best friend might die as a result and i think it's just interesting that he says that the two lives are worth sacrificing if it means that everyone gets saved i don't i don't want to say that it's uncharacteristic of him it was just an unexpected moment that the doctor had well he he has shown before that he's willing to totally sacrifice himself to save other people yeah save like Greater numbers of people. Sacri- so. Sacrifice himself, sure. But like in Fury of the Deep, he left the headquarters specifically so he could go save Victoria when she got kidnapped in the helicopter. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's not it's not uncharacteristic of him. I would say that this is that him coming to the realization that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few is definitely something that he would come to. It's just. It caught me off guard. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but this is Jamie we're talking this about. This is Jamie we're talking about. 
We're not talking about Dodo or Ben or Ian. This is Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) And Jamie is perfect. It must be protected at all costs. (laughs) Exactly. The world must not be without his smile. (laughs) (laughs) And his reference to everything is a great beastie. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Cybermen are like, okay, there's clearly someone on board who knows our ways. We must figure out who on board might be able to, might be the one who's countering, counteracting all of our plans. And so they get one of the, um, the controlled crew members to come over and think about every single person. And like the computer is analyzing each member of the crew and it goes through each one individually mm-hmm. and it takes forever and i'm like we're not gonna go through the entire crew are we oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we don't but it's close we don't but it feels like we do <laughs> yeah it's also like the first time i learned people's names <laughs> it's like oh that's leo oh okay <laughs> <laughs> basically and then it gets to the doctor and the guy's like uh he, he, that's the doctor and they're like Doctor Who. And he's like, I don't know. Ah, ah, I said the name. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He just straight up has like a mental breakdown because he doesn't know who the doctor is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the fact that like the Cybermen have such control over his mind and the fact that he's unable to do a thing that he's commanded to do is just kind of like short circuiting him a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. But man, he. <laughs> He doesn't know who the doctor is, and he makes it abundantly clear. <laughs> and I was watching, I was like, okay, I, I, I get it. We don't know who the doctor's name is. Can we move the fuck on and get this story over with? I did kind of like the scene where uh, the doctor is, like, set up in the power room, and then the two Cybermen are just, like, standing there. Um, and they're like, we're here to kill you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I have some questions. I hope you'll answer them first before you kill me. And then they do answer the questions, and then they're like, Oh, by the way, we're here to kill you. He's like, ah, yes, I thought I thought you might get back to that. <laughs> and it, it's just like how coyly he was talking to the Cybermen and like his like weird little hand, like almost like butters from South oh, Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, hammers. It was strangely adorable. <laughs> and he's, then, he, then he like activates the barrier and kills the Cybermen, kills one of the Cybermen. And I'm expecting to just go like, oops, did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a stinker. And the other Cyberman's like, I'll be back with more. More will come. And he's like, he's like pointing at the doctor and then he walks backwards (laughs) into the door. (laughs) (sighs) It's at this point where I'm like, boy, (laughs) this episode is going to end soon. Then the, some of the Cybermen are destroyed, and some of the Cybermen go flying out into space. Because, again, Kit Peddler has one script, and that's what they did in Moonbase. So let's do it again! <laughs> yep. I will, to this episode's credit, there is a cool, like, the way they have, like, the Moonmen, like, wa- or the Moonmen, the, <laughs> the Cybermen, <laughs> like, walking in space through the ship. It looked kind of cool, and like that. 60s sci-fi editing way like i was like yeah. that part's kind of cool i wish this story was better they're like quote walking through space and just like pretending like they're moonwalking <laughs> yeah it looks like a 1960s music video and i was like ah they figured out green screens oh i'm proud of them <laughs> we've got jpegs on screen we got green screens moving up in the world 
and then they're beaten and then they leave and that that's it yeah that's it and then zoe hides on board the tardis it's weird that there's no moment in this episode because zoe is so logic obsessed you know and she doesn't she does not bat an eye at the tardis being bigger on the inside and i was kind of expecting just have like a moment where she's like what the fuck? And then hides. Mm-hmm. But no. And then Zoe asks if she can come along, which. No. She's not the first person to ask, is she? Uh, Steven wanted to go along, technically. Steven also came on board. I don't think he really like. Oh, uh, he didn't really ask. He just kind of stowed away. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was a stowaway. I. I think Zoe's the first person to I think ask. Zoe's the first person to ask if she could come <laughs> on the TARDIS. Everything, <laughs> this is the first companion that didn't end with everyone they've ever known and loved being dead. And the doctor being like, well, you got nowhere else to go. You might as well come with me. <laughs> uh, That's why this didn't really feel like a companion episode. Because it didn't end in like mass genocide or like everyone being murdered. Yeah. The reason this sticks out to me is because Zoe's asking... And then for the first time, the doctor is like, okay, before before you actually really want to come on the TARDIS, you have to see what we're going to deal with. And so he, like, puts on, like, this helmet thing that uh, projects his memories onto the, onto the scanner of the TARDIS. Except that it fucking doesn't, because it plays a clip from the evil of the Daleks. That they weren't even fucking there for. Thank you! Where It's a scene where the Dalek shoots and kills the guy when they're still in uh, 1960s London. And the doctor wasn't there during that scene. How does he know? <laughs> How does he know about the parts he wasn't there for? I, 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 I thought that was like, A, he wasn't there for that. And B, that's the part from Evil the Dalek you're going to show? You're not going to show like, exactly. that God, like the Emperor Dalek? I, w- I would have shown the Emperor Dalek. Now... I understand why they didn't, like, show even earlier episodes, because they probably didn't fucking have them, because they were purging shit as they were going along. That's only, like, four or five adventures ago. Surely you didn't yeah. get rid of it that quickly. Gotta be something. There's gotta be footage from Fury from the Deep, or... I was about to say Tomb of the Cybermen, but she already knows about the Cybermen. But the only way I will appreciate Zoe as a companion is if in the next episode, after she's watched all that, she's like, You know what? Actually, I'm good. Thanks, but no thanks. Since Evil of the Daleks, we could have had we could have had Yetis, we could have had Ice Warriors, we could have had the spy espionage shit, we could have had the weed creature. Surely you have some footage from something you could use that made sense. But then it cuts to a close-up of Zoe looking up at the screen and the credits roll. I was like, that's it? Mm-hmm. That's what we're ending on? No no actually her agreeing. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it would be great if in the, I will appreciate Zoe if in the next episode she's like, you know what? Actually, I'm good. <laughs> After watching all that, I think I'll pass. And he's like, whoops, I already hit the button. <laughs> it would be really funny if uh, Jamie just like leans on the TARDIS console and he accidentally presses <laughs> presses the, <laughs> the randomizer button. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, trivia. Patrick Troughton was on holiday during... Filming of episode two. No way. The episode he was unconscious for? Yeah. The director, uh, Tristan Devere Cole, uh, and producer Peter Bryant clashed a lot on set. On mm. set. Because Devere Cole preferred to consult with 
the script writers and editors, anytime uh, he wanted to make any sort of changes to what was happening in the story, never bothered to consult the producer, even once. And Peter Bryant is like, uh, well, as the producer, I'll say that you kind of have to. Um, <laughs> and uh, as a result, Tristan Devere Cole has never directed again. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And Riddler, a uh, woman who plays Dr. Gemma Cor- Corbin, inadvertently damaged her sciatic, sciatic nerve before uh, filming. So as a result, she spent the entirety of this story on painkillers. <laughs> she was high off her ass during this entire story. All right. <laughs> That's all I got. Final thoughts. It's the worst episode we've watched of the second Doctor. It's worse than, what was the Himalayas one? What was that called? Was it the Yetis? Is that what it was called? The Abominable Snowman. The Abominable Snowman. It was worse than that. It's worse yeah. than the Abominable Snowman. That's saying something, because that also had not a lot happening the whole time. I wish you guys could see Max's face right now. He's just, he's exhausted. My final thoughts is... Ha! What? Ha! Uh, uh, insert Moonbase or Tenth Planet final thoughts here. <laughs> that's it. That's all, that's all I got. Not even that. This is like first draft Moonbase. So my previous bottom episode was the Highlanders because it was just so boring. And the Doctor and uh, Jamie, the Doctor and Jamie weren't the Doctor and Jamie yet. Let's be honest. And uh, that was that was my bottom one. This one now takes the new worst because this one was also boring as shit, but it was boring as shit in a much more aggravating way. The Highlanders mm-hmm. was like, yeah, it's a pure historical. Of course, it's going to be kind of boring. But like even then, I was like, well, at least, at least, at least we got cool moments with Polly and stuff like that. Polly and her weird slash awesome dominatrix moments. <laughs> yeah. But this one is just like, oh, my God. I've seen this one already. We watched this one not too long ago, right? I swear we've already watched this one. And it's just, this would have been even worse if we actually just listened to the audio version. You realize that, right? Because then it literally just would have been Moonbase. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's got, it's got third or fourth sequel-itis. You're like, I've already done this before. Yeah. I know. Oh, God. I mean, spoiler, I guess. I don't know. Can I spoil a deja vu for you? I know there's one more episode that Kit Peddler is involved in, and then no more after that. So, and I know that one is at least slightly different. I don't know how different it's going to be, but it's still a Kit Peddler, so who knows? But yeah, this one was just lame. Lame all around. I'm I'm eager to get to the next one. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm gonna need <laughs> I'm gonna need some motivation for the next one. Next one is uh, another DVD only. That one you can watch a time and a half, Caleb. There you go. There's your motivation. <laughs> your motivation is you can watch it faster. I don't know. Just coming off of like the bangers off of like the enemy of the world and Fury of the Deep. I was like, oh my God, we're, we're finally getting to the point. I might actually start enjoying this show. And then this episode just brings it all crashing down. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this is how the show usually is. I wish there was a, I wish there was a better note to end on. There wasn't. If you're watching along or like you're listening to these and then watching them, just skip this one. It There's nothing to it. Zoe gets introduced, but she doesn't even agree to actually go on the TARDIS. Probably not until the beginning of the next episode. So like 
you're not even missing anything in that respect. <laughs> yeah, you're also not, she doesn't really, I mean, like, you, you kind of, like, get a sense of her personality, but that's about it, and her personality is so two-dimensional, like, you'll pick it up the moment she talks. <laughs> yeah. She's a know-it-all brainiac. There you go. I just summed up her entire personality. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, the best thing you can do to support us is give it five stars and tell your friends about it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at QuickTripDW. You can also follow Mac and I there. You can follow Mac at MacTheMa and me at CollaborateWriter. You can also check out Mac's YouTube channel, also called MacTheMa, where he does insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we get to see Zoe's first trip in the TARDIS in The Dominators. Kinky. I swear to God, if I go online and find out this is like a beloved classic, I'm going to kill someone. Um, I'm going to become a serial killer <laughs> who targets Whovians <laughs> that like this episode specifically. <laughs> it's a very specific MO, but it's mine.